everyone has to look at their IP and not reinvent the wheel in every area. And see, great engineers, we all love to build stuff. That's why we got into this industry. So I understand the urge to go and build it because we all believe that we can build it better than what someone else has built. But that's where I ask everyone to be pragmatic. Always look around. Can that solve 90% of your problem? If yes, the rest 10% is not worth the effort. Is it flashy or a practical approach that really helps a company grow? Meet Shalash Kumar, the SVP and head of technology at ClickUp. And he maintains that a practical mindset is what is required to scale a company. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of IT Visionaries. And today we have the SVP and head of technology at ClickUp. His name is Shalesh Kumar. Shalesh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Albert. Listen, right out the gate, we always ask this of all of our guests. But for those who don't know what ClickUp does, can you tell us what is ClickUp and what does your company do? So ClickUp is an all-in-one productivity platform that helps people save time, helps them manage their work. It includes tools like, you know, project management, document collaboration, whiteboard, spreadsheet, chats, and goals, all natively built on one platform. So you don't have to, you know, go and search different tools and understand how they work. You can do all of your work in one platform. And that is ClickUp. Okay. Now, there are a lot of companies that have claimed this over the years, right? And we continue to have more project management or productivity software on your website, like for example, I can look right away and you guys compare yourself to like, you know, pay, compare us to Asana, compare us to Basecamp, compare us to Monday. There's a lot of comparisons. A lot of companies do similar things compared to Notion. You know, there's this is a very crowded industry. Tell us what attracted you to ClickUp because you have a really awesome engineering background. You were at MuleSoft, you were at Tableau, you have been at really cool companies. What was it about ClickUp that you said, oh, this is exciting? Because, you know, I would think, a lot of engineers are like, ah, oh, it's just another project management. So I don't want to make that. You know what I mean? I want to make something really cool. And so you must have seen something because you're like, hey, I'm coming. <laughs> so a couple of things that attracted me about ClickUp. One was it was in the productivity space, which is very close and dear to my heart, especially as the COVID hit. I think we are all redefining how we work Yeah, across the board, right? Irrespective of the technology or irrespective of the industry, everyone is redefining how we work. And it has become a center of a conversation in many, many places. So that's that's one thing that I was really excited about getting into this space and helping solve this problem. I would say that for ClickUp, uh, I come from integration. Like MuleSoft is all about integration. And at MuleSoft, I've seen the fragmentation of tools and the fragmentation of products and the fragmentation of data that happens and how it is very difficult if you have a lot of data fragmentation to manage your work. You know, if you have your documents in Google Google Docs and you have, you know, you're using tasks in Jira and your, your emails are elsewhere and your chat is in Slack, it's very difficult for you to manage. Like imagine you ask any, any leader or any engineer, they literally have to rejuggle between five different systems and trying to catch up that who sent me a notification where. It's very <laughs> difficult. And it's just, and it's growing. It's there are more and every day there is one another software that gets added as a tile in your console that, okay, you need to manage. So uh, the, the aspect about ClickUp being on one platform where you go to one place where you're looking at all your notifications, understanding all your work, understanding all the people, understanding, collaborating with them. That is the main thing that attracted me because I think that is very powerful. As we go, I think it is very important to have a, have a single platform. 
Yeah, I mean, we feel the pain. And for those who are not familiar with this mule, I used to say when someone asked me, what does MuleSoft do? I was like, it connects the things that cannot be connected. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, can you make a zap for that? It's like, well, zap, you make a zap if like there's uh, a functional way to like logically move data from one place to another. Like MuleSoft's like, there's no zap for that. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta make data talk that doesn't want to talk to each other. So you, like you said, you, your background and experience saw disparate disconnected systems. When I was in my software company, one of the simple tasks we had, which was what is the status of the customer's support tickets took, like you said, it took like eight systems to figure that out. Cause we tried to center point it in Salesforce, but it was like, there was, like you said, Jira was where the ticket was. And then something else was where like the status of the system was. We had like API status. Cause we were, we were a middleware product supporting uh, social media platforms, So we had to see what the status of those things were. It was very complicated. What about for yourself? Like you all obviously have a skill set, you have an engineering capabilities. What did you feel like right away? Like you could contribute because I think it's a good bet, right? Where more people are going to decentralize, which means they need a centralization platform to bring information together. Otherwise it gets too hard. Yes. Um, so I think your notion that that's going to come true is absolutely there. What about you specifically? What did you think? Like I can bring this to the table. What were you excited to bring? So I'm a scale person. I love uh, love the scale aspect of any organization or, plat- or platform and infrastructure. And when I came, when I looked at ClickUp, it had an amazing platform, an amazing product, and it needed to go from you know I would say probably ten to hundred. So it means that it was looking at it looking at someone who would help it scale, uh, scale the platform, scale the architecture, scale the organization, scale the processes. And that I love that. I absolutely love that. That at the phase of the company where you know scaling, you're thinking about how do you scale from a million user to you know twenty million users. How do you scale from you know a couple of hundred uh, users to thousands and millions of users? And that's that's the part which excited me as a technologist, as a builder. Uh, I love that aspect, and that's what even today when we hire leaders and engineers, that's what excites everyone. That all right, I'm going to come and solve these exciting you know, fundamental platform scaling challenges, which always are exciting. So that's that's what excited me about ClickUp outside of the productivity space and the platform. Where do you start? Where would you recommend? If I'm like, if, I, if I'm building a startup and, you know, let's say it's my first one and I, I, you know, I just don't know what to, or how, where would you start to invest in the scale up? Like imagine I have a platform, that product that's starting to get some traction. How, how do you go about it? It does, it, is it, is it like database first? Is it services first? Like, how do you think about how to scale up a tech, uh, software platform? So I think the first thing is that you need to understand when to scale, okay? And scaling too early might hurt you. Yeah, oh, it gets expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. So, and, you know, it, you need to figure out that have you found a product market fit? And once you've found a product market fit and you have a stable customer base, at that point, you can think of scaling because you're you're not getting to a point where you're continuing to add users at a, and, and customers at an exponential stage. So that's where you want to go and invest in scaling. And as you invest in scaling, one of the things which I talk about is you need to be very pragmatic. Ten years back, we were we didn't have a lot of out of the box solutions in the market. So scaling meant building everything in house, which was a very expensive affair. But if you now, if especially as the cloud and the mega pass vendors have come in. Pretty sure most of the startups will pick either Azure, GCP, or AWS. And as you are scaling, there are tons of services out there that you can just plug and play. Do not reinvent the wheel. There's no point. <laughs> this is something I tell everyone. Don't reinvent the wheel. Try to see. Always look out and see if there is something out there that we can onboard and solve your different problems. 
So if you think of your compute and storage, there are two in an architecture, there are two different layers, compute and storage. It's quite easy to scale compute. Uh, it's harder to scale storage or scale data. Yeah. You can potentially throw money at compute problem and and you know buy yourself time. You cannot throw money at data problem by yourself time. So it depends on the it depends on do you have if you have the flexibility of money, use money to de-risk yourself in a specific area so that you can invest in others. You cannot invest in all those areas simultaneously. So typically I always think about you know focus on data first because that's your harder problem. You can always throw money at compute and uh, you know buy yourself time. But it's very subjective. What about data? You know, you mentioned data is often the hardest problem. We hear it all the time. Like people talk about database, um, how your database configurations, conversion data points, uh, you know, the ability that the relational, the fact that it might not, you might not have built the proper relation tables to make it easy to query. There's all kinds of things. Where do you, where do you see, I guess, developers make their first mistake or what do you recommend a developer focusing on to make sure that data problem doesn't get out of hand? I think so most of the companies start with just having one database, right? right. And it's okay. It's fine. There's, that's not a mistake, I would say. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I would recommend is that in the code, as long as you have the data separated, as, as long as you have good interfaces as how you're interacting with the data, you can separate it out and scale it in many different ways. And as you're going into scaling, one of the things which I talk about that pick you don't have to pick a database. You can pick many, there are many different data storage technologies. Sure. And you can pick ones for based on what you're looking for. So if you have... If you're looking for very analytical type solutions, you can pick analytical type database. If you're looking for more transactional solutions, you go with uh, relational. Uh, there are a lot of key value stores, uh, databases out there. And then there is things like you know uh, Kafka and other even in-memory data stores like Redis, which will help you scale better. So there's tons of choices. You have to figure out which ones you use and also shard it. Having a large data in one store rarely works. So you're better off having smaller clusters of data and more purpose-built. And that's where nowadays, earlier, having purpose-built data stores was very expensive because you had to manage it. Mm -hmm. You had to build it yourself and you had to manage it. In today's world, there are tons of managed services out there where you can pick a purpose-built data store, which is already managed by AWS. You don't have to do much. Yes, it'll it'll cost. It'll cost you. Yeah, uh, And that's something that everyone has to pay close attention to. And I think... Nowadays, VCs ask every every one of their portfolio companies to pay attention to their AWS bill or Azure bill or GCP bill. <laughs> but it by give, gives you time, buys you time. Yeah, well, the downside of that, the, you know, the the alternative, excuse me, to that is to have someone that's looking at that all the time. I remember, I remember when we were talking about building like int integrating link shortening services. I made the comment to my team. I was like, why, why would we not just use Bitly? Like, why are we even thinking about building our own? They're like, we should build our own. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> I was like, they've already built it. Like, they have an API call. We can mask it. Like, no one will know it's Bitly. Like, yeah, but it's got no value then. It's got no value in an acquisition. It's like, oh, man, I don't, I don't think people are going to look at your link shortener and be like, it's got value or no value. I mean, I'm just going to, you know, like modern but software today is a cop it's i mean really modern software today is really a combination of services it really is it's gotten there 100 agree with you so it's like <laughs> everyone has to look at their ip and not reinvent the wheel in every area and see great engineers we all love to build stuff okay we all okay yeah. we all love to build stuff that's why we got into this industry so i understand the urge to go and build it because we all believe that we can build it better than sure. what someone else has built that that's where i ask everyone to be pragmatic 
be pragmatic. Always look around. Can that solve 90% of your problem? If yes, the rest 10% is not worth the effort. Give us an idea of what's happened since you've gotten there because you have been at, you know, you've been at the SVP at ClickUp for a relatively short period of time. It looks yeah. like August was when you first started working there. So it's been a little over, you know, seven months or so. Give us an idea of how much has changed because they always talk about 10x engineers, you know, we want, and you mentioned like 10x scale. Give us an idea of what's happened since you've been there because we also know that when you first join a company, it's often, you know, there's like a feeling out process. It's, it's very hard to just right then and there step in the day one and be like, snap your fingers. Like, this is how we're going to engineer the solution. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not the person who comes in and snaps a finger that, okay, I have a book and I want to be going to follow a book. <laughs> and that's also something that I, I try to tell people that don't come with a fixed, don't, don't come with a uh, mindset, come and assess the problem and build a solution that is specific to that organization or that problem. Uh, since I've come in, we've done a lot of work around hiring a lot of engineers. So we've hired, we've gone from, you know, twenties uh, and thirties of engineers to now hundred plus engineers. So that's a lot of hiring. We've done a lot yeah. of hiring of people who have built platform at scale. Uh, and that's the scale that we brought in the organization. We got operationally very efficient. So it means that we have uh, every team is operates their own stack. Now mm. we move towards services based architecture. Uh, every team owns their own services. They're operating it. They have dashboards so that they're reviewing their services. How about the error rate? Uh, how is their service behaving in different regions? And that gives a lot more flexibility and a lot more scale because now instead of one central team looking at everything and trying to figure it out, every team is running their own stack, uh, which scales much better in, in a cloud environment. Do you guys just learn from each other? If one team's got like, a, it's just performing at a higher level, it's like, hey, let's implement their process or something like that across other parts of the product? Exactly. So we have weekly, actually, we have, we have a weekly operational review meeting, which I just came out of um, just <laughs> before this. And in that weekly operational review meeting, we learned about, okay, what happened in the overall system? And every manager is there. Uh, that's one of, one of the most useful meetings of my week. So every manager in that meeting, we talk about different incidences, error reports, and we all learn from each other. We have RCAs that gets read out there that, okay, there was this problem and this is the RCA. So having everyone learn from other teams is super useful. That one I highly recommend. I, highly, I think every every organization should have a weekly operational review of the, of the entire org and see and learn from each other because that's the best learning you can have. So that's something that we've had. Uh, we've gotten a lot more operational in terms of how we are running our stack and platform. Uh, we are planning better. So we have a better planning cadence now in terms of how we are planning, how we are estimating uh, and how we're executing on it. I think right now we are laying the foundations of how, how the platform would scale and laying down the bits and pieces of services. Like we, we, we already migrated some of our specific components into services, uh, but that's a long journey. Pla scaling a platform is not, not a very uh, short-term affair. It's like marriage. goes on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's never good enough. <laughs> you're going to hit, you're gonna hit, a, you know, you're gonna hit a speed benchmark and someone's going to be like, Shalash, man, this is too slow. <laughs> like, you, you know, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, one of the fun things about this, the show is that we do have, you know, of course, our flagship sponsor is Salesforce and they do these Q and A's with other CIOs and CTOs. And they launched this new uh, security report, uh, the top data security trends for 2022, where they surveyed over 300 CIOs. And one of them, it puts third party apps in question. So the question or the survey question wanted to understand 
what are your biggest concerns as CIO for security when it comes to distributed team challenges? The number one concern among CIOs was third-party security management, like how third-party apps are handling their security. What do you think about, how do you approach security and how does ClickUp approach security when it comes to that? Because if you are a center point of communication information, certainly security has got to be important because it sounds like a lot of tools are plugging into you. Correct. That is correct. So we uh, we knew the challenge and we built a security program very early on. Uh, we have a VP of security who who came in and built a very robust security program in terms of how to do security analysis, even for people, even for third party services that we use yeah. and our own security portfolio or security profile. Uh, and we put in a lot of pieces very early on to make sure this is not just a highly performant and scalable platform, but also very secure platform. We have put in a lot of effort in making sure that our SDLC is secure. Yeah, uh, we have we are SOC two compliant. We are uh, we look putting together a lot of pieces also in place so that the customers can, because the customer data is more isolated, uh, even in a multi tenant environment. We have a lot of things on our roadmap to continue on that path. And you know this in today's global environment, data protection, data data residency, and data governance is becoming a lot more, a lot more important. Yeah, and so we are. We are doing our we are redoing our architecture right now, keeping those things in mind because we know that data governance and data, I would say, data residency is going to be going to be more important in next few years. I think their countries and companies will get more stricter about where your data resides. The other key concern was um, keeping up with compliance. <laughs> they yeah, talked yeah. about security, like, security yeah. and compliance. Is like I come from Salesforce. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the the VP of platform that we just hired came from Salesforce. Uh, so, you know, trust and security, trust and reliability is, is in, in brain. Salesforce does that very well. And I think that's yeah. something that I bring from Salesforce. Uh, we will, we want to be the number one trusted platform of choice. When you think about that, like that burden of responsibility, which is, you know, I think all software engineers, all VPs of technology, they kind of have this problem right now, which is software, we already said it, software can no longer be siloed. You 100%, there's every tool connects to something. Right. And so there's like this partnership almost, or there's like a trust, there's a commitment. I don't know how best to describe it, but like everyone needs everyone in the chain of software to like do their part. You know what I mean? Like yes. everyone's got to do that. How do you guys think about integrations? Is it more customer driven? Is it partnership driven? Like, cause, because I'm sure every single day someone asks you to integrate another thing. Right. Like, <laughs> that is okay. indeed true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and you got to think to yourself, what are your criteria? Like, you know, how is it secured? Where does it come from? How is their data protected? Like all these things before you can even say, yes, is it possible? It's like, you got to, I'm assuming think like, should I even do it? Yes. So integration is a key, I would say key pillar of our uh, product strategy. Yeah. Very, very key pillar because as you're right. You're absolutely right. Being one platform, it means that you need to integrate with many different systems as you go into a customer's uh, environment. So it's a very key part of our platform, key part of our strategy. We are going to have our integration strategy will be multifold. It means that there'll be some integrations that will be built in on the product itself. Some integrations will be custom and some integrations we will lean on our partners and uh, our partners to build on top of our platform. So our integration platform will be open on which we will have you know some out of box integration and there'll be others where people will build on top of our platform. Uh, in terms of security, I think that will continue to be the, the key issue for us. Uh, and that's where every out-of-box integration, we will make sure that it has, we have a security profile. 
Okay, so we have defined a security profile and we will make sure that everyone has to have confirmed to that security profile. And as people build custom integrations on top of it, we will try to educate and we will uh, we'll make sure that things are in a boundary. The data data that is coming in and out follows certain standards. It's it's just requirements. Like it's not a matter of, you know, will, it's more of like how, you know, because because you're 100% will. So then it's more about how will we do this? When you think for yourself, you know, you mentioned you joined and you wanted to come to ClickUp because of the opportunity to scale. It what's what got you fired up. You talked about identifying how the company was structured. You've talked about implementing certain processes that have helped different departments and people identify best practices right out the gate to help build ClickUp faster, the product faster, infrastructure, like all the things faster, better. Well, the one thing that every CIO, VP of technology, you guys all have that's the same that cannot seem to be solved is recruiting and talent. Talk about how you guys, right? Everyone wants to hire these engineers. You said it yourself, but it's not that easy anymore. Right? Everyone wants engineers. Who is not wanting engineers? There's every company, 100% of companies have calls for engineers right now. Yes. And you know, it's a big challenge. Talk about how you approach and think about recruiting and identifying talents to, to the right talent to work on the projects that you think are best suited for the company. So I think good talent attract good talent. Okay, so it, you you gotta build that flywheel effect. Uh, it it's harder. It's hard to kick that off. Okay, it's hard to kick that off. But once you kick it off, it actually kind of takes a life of its own. So that's something that I always believed in. We focus on getting the best talent, and making sure that get the talent for who have seen. So every phase of the company requires different type of talent. That's something that I believe that at this phase, so this phase of ClickUp requires pe- requires talent where people have seen scalable systems. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of talent we're looking for right now. It's all, I think uh, this type is actually the hardest think about <laughs> it because everyone is looking for people who have built scalable systems, but that's where we tell our story. Uh, I think everyone loves to come and build stuff. So the story that we sell is that you're going to, I mean, if you think about it, that for any engineer to come in and build the foundations of what next five, 10 years would look like, is just amazing. Think of the decisions that every engineer is making this year and next year, those decisions will shape how ClickUp will form or will uh, make every decision for next five to 10 years. It's a lot of responsibility, but also very exciting for engineers. Oh yeah. So that's something that sells very well for ClickUp as I talk to engineers and leaders they get really fired up and excited about that. Uh, and I give examples. For example, think of Amazon has a lot of processes and uh, infrastructure. Imagine when Amazon was very small and someone in a meeting making those decisions that shape like, you know, this massive trillion dollar company. Yeah. So that's where ClickUp is right now. And that's what excited me. And that's what excites a lot of people. Uh, that's, why, that's how we are able to attract uh, the top talent. Again, it's not easy. I will say that it is not easy. Yeah, that's true. If people sell a story well and help people and help the candidates understand what is in it for them. If you're building something unique, if you're building something very scalable, if you're giving all the flexibility to the engineers to make decisions, I think it does fire up people and they are excited to join. Yeah, I think you hit on two two things that are certainly good, which is like, you know, talent attracts talent. Well, I always say like if you find a really great person, you should ask that person who's the number one person they want to work with. Because yes. 
generally good people work together. Like no one picks the no one picks the bum from their last company. No one's like, oh yeah, get get that bum over here. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone's always like, hey, yes. there's this person over there that was amazing. We worked well together. I think they would enjoy working here. And I think that's a that's one of those things. The other thing you said, which I 100 percent would agree with, is it's very hard. In my opinion, it's very hard to look at a new candidate and realize or recognize where they were in the process because you have a defi- you have a very defined what you're looking for, right? You got to be scaling up a software application from A to B and B has to be way bigger than A, right? You have to have seen it, witnessed it and done it. And what we found in startup world in outside of software is the same problem you have, which is, you know, if you get, so for example, in sales, if you are a small company, you get a big company person, it usually doesn't work because they're used to resources, infrastructure, brand. Uh, They're used to all these things in their, in their favor. Um, same thing with a startup person to like a corporate job that's that sometimes it doesn't feel it doesn't seem right it's like oh i have to fill out i gotta fill out my salesforce i'm gonna tell you right now every every sales manager i've had hated me because i never filled out my, my salesforce they were like, <laughs> have you filled out your tasks yet i was like no <laughs> so you know you kind of hit on those things which is like time and place and then also that flywheel of talent attracts talent before the interview started you had already started talking a little bit about yourself. we started talking a little bit it sounded like you were part of the buildup at two companies that have now since been acquired by our lead sponsor. Talk about the growth at those places. What were some of the successful things you implemented to grow the company at MuleSoft, to grow the engineering team at MuleSoft, to grow the engineering team at Tableau? What were some of the things you implemented and saw and you would recommend other people uh, you know, lean towards this idea or concept or process too? So at Tableau, uh, when I joined, we were much smaller. We had more of a desktop kind of a product. Uh, and from then we built the enterprise side of products. We built Tableau Server, uh, and then we built Tableau Online, and we also built the data management side of products. The biggest one was passion. The passion that Tableau, everyone at Tableau had to building and towards the mission was just outstanding. The passion, they didn't, none of us let anything get in the way because of the passion that we have mm. uh, around solving the problem. We were always looking for how do we solve the problem in a, in a more scalable way. So for example, we went from, if you look at how we build analytics or how we are, we, I mean, Tableau literally redefined self-serve analytics. And then when the self-serve analytics and after that it became a lot more common. Uh, but before that it was Cognos and MicroStrategy and Tableau is the one which kind of defined the self-serve analytics category. After that, it's the way it scaled, uh, the way it scaled to how we were building a software, how we were building the the server, Tableau servers, and how we were going landing in enterprise and helping many, many users. That was, we focused a lot on that. We focused a lot on data governance and privacy. Uh, that helped Tableau scale significantly to enterprises. Uh, MuleSoft was slightly different, I would say, because Tableau was going from more smaller to larger. Mm-hmm. Uh, at MuleSoft, when I joined, we had, uh, MuleSoft was a more, if you think about the middleware systems, uh, it is more of an enterprise play where you're going to selling to CIOs. Uh, when I joined, MuleSoft was having a lot of platform issues in terms of the stable stability and reliability of the platform. Mm. And I was brought in to, uh, to stabilize a lot of that. When I came in, it boiled down to, a lot of it boiled down to practices and people. And we streamlined a lot of practices, streamlined a lot of operational reviews and operational uh, get bringing a lot of operational rigor into mm-hmm. each teams and enabling every team to make those decisions. It took time. It, I think it took almost a year, year and a half for it to be turned around. 
and got platform to a very stable state where it become became a lot more reliable. At some level, it all in both the stories, it always comes down to people. Uh, you know, if you have the right people, you're able to scale and identify the problem. And again, at MuleSoft, after that, we went also from just enterprises to also SMB. We launched MuleSoft Composer, which is an SMB focused on SMB and mid-market product, uh, expanding the portfolio and leveraging Salesforce because Salesforce is great in the mid-market space, and we leveraged that as part of the larger organization. Scale has many different aspects to it. And that's yeah. why I said, don't don't bring a book, look at the problem you're trying to solve and make local decisions. When you describe all that, though, it does help, I think, our audience understand how you led to this decision. Because this concept that you just described earlier, I don't know if every company deploys that. You know what I mean? Where I think there are certainly companies where they think to themselves, hey, we're all in the same tech stack. We're all going to operate the same. We're all going to do the same things. But, you know, your your concept earlier there, which was, you know, and I can see why it's a people and process problems like that, having each department have their own trust to choose the best tech stack that best suits their whatever they're overseeing and then learning from each other. That is exactly your experience to find right there, which is like, it, it is a people. People are going to find the solution. It isn't a playbook. You have to have some guidelines so that yeah. you're not, you know, bringing a, building a Frankenstein. Right. But nowadays, with all the managed services in place, you have a lot more flexibility. A lot more flexibility. Yeah, that makes total sense. Now, for yourself, give us an idea of like your your career. How did you first start getting into technology, software engineering? Was this something you were always in, interested in, or was it something your parents pushed on you? How did you get in, involved in computers? Because my parents tried pushing computers on me. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so I will I have, I have a very, not, very boring start. Uh, I went, you know, maths excited me. I think I was, I was always a maths geek. Yeah. Uh, I, love, I loved maths. So, you know, went and did engineering and, uh, you know, computer science was closest to maths and, you know, loved, com- loved when I was picking up subjects. I think uh, I come from India. Yeah. And in India, computer science was was the top and I always liked to be number one. Let's say that. It was very competitive. Okay, so okay. I, that's uh, good. You know, number one was the number one discipline, computer science. Okay, I'll go for it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, went into computer science and then I just fell in love with it. I think I fell in love with coding and building software and the aspect of building something from, you know, from small pieces. If you think about it, you, you have small functions and small, you, have, you have bigger function. You, have, you build a module and then you build a software. There's the whole concept of taking small things and building a robust software or product on top of it. It just got me going. And then I did not. I think that excited me and fired me up. And I kept going after that. I am a builder. I love building. I love even building stuff in my house. You know, built a playhouse a few, uh, few months back from small wood. So just yeah. the aspect of seeing something built from small things, that is the most satisfying experience to me personally. Listen, we, I appreciate it, man. We need people like you in our lives. I've, I, you know, I've, I've noticed that, or we have noticed that on IT Visionaries quite a bit, which is so many of the top leaders in, in tech companies, they're, they're just builders, whether it's in software or just outside of software as well, like you just described, playhouses, doing things on their own um, is a common trait. Typically, people need some type of affirmation to know like, hey, well, you're also good at this. What was the first thing you built where it was like, wow, someone was like, this is useful. Like, Shalash, you, shall you you built something really useful or really effective or really good. I remember trying to make a worm game on my TI-82 and someone played it and they didn't like it. I was like, oh, dang, this sucks. 
<laughs> I think it was long back. Uh, this was back in when I was at uh, Microsoft. So I interned at Microsoft. Uh, I interned for a long time at Microsoft and we built something that was long, long back. So it, we built something around file systems. How you understand your file systems better in terms of you know the security protocols and uh, what what types of files are there and how do you manage your file system in a different way? So right now, if you think of folders, you think of folders. Files have extensions and you manage through that, right? At that point, this is I'm talking about uh, 20 years back. So 20 years back, we didn't have a lot of great management systems on top of your files. Uh, so build that at Microsoft as part of my intern project to give you different visualizations of how your entire file system is structured. And just seeing the different types of visualization to see your all the files and folders based on you know PDFs or based on extensions. Even if you didn't have extensions, you could read the first four bit codes and the file, and then you know figure out the extensions yourself. So having those different visualizations, it just excited me. I, I saw people play around with people see it, visualize it differently. And you know when I started with it, it was an intern project, and you know I was getting paid for it, and I didn't you know I yeah. didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna make I'm making money out of it. But when I saw it built and people play around with it and see, get value out of it, it was very exciting, very satisfying. And that, I think that more, I'll never forget that moment because that probably laid down the foundation of uh, that. Okay, I, I love building product. This is amazing. And then I just went from there. Yeah. Once you get that affirmation, it's like, okay, I'm good at this. Because like, if you said, if you, those things all now are all adding up, right? You're already competitive. You went, that's why you went in there. And then now you get the joy of seeing something come to life. And then you get to see someone else enjoy it. Well, now, you know, I'm good at this. <laughs> Shalash, yep. it was awesome having you on the show. Thanks for joining <laughs> us today on IT Visionaries and sharing how you plan and how you are approaching the scale up at ClickUp. Um, it was awesome hearing your story. But before you go, it is actually time for the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to us by Salesforce Platform, the number one cloud platform for our digital transformation of every experience. Shalash, this is where we ask you questions outside of the world of work so our audience get, get, can get to know you a little better. You ready? Yep. Okay. So you love building, but what else do you like to do outside of work? So actually, I do love building. I, I love building a lot of woodwork. So I have a lot of wood and tons of tools in my garage. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think my wife is getting now tired of it, but I love building small, small things out of wood, just, uh, different shapes, different things, chairs, tables. Enjoy that. Oh, that's uh, it's very satisfying and de-stressing for me. So when I get stressed, I actually do those things. So you're a woodworker. Do you actually have a piece of wood furniture in your house right now in use made by you? Yes. What is <laughs> Quite it? Quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's a recently I built a dining so a chair chairs and tables for the patio chairs and tables I wouldn't say that's the best my my wife points out that okay you know what uh, the shape is the shape could have been a better <laughs> because the angle at which the chair is angled is uh, probably not the best but I love that I love <laughs> building those things Hey, what we say about engineering things, right? It's good, but it's also not good enough at the same time. So, you know, you can make another one. There you go. When you, how, so like your garage, it, I guess it just looks like a wood shop. Actually, my wood, I do wood work outside, but my garage looks like a tool shop. So it's a tons of tools. Gotcha. A ton of tools. And then in my backyard, <laughs> there's a space where I have a miter saw and other things where, you know, I cut wood and we do those things. My wife also enjoys it, but it's, that's something that we both love. There you go. Well, Shalash, it was awesome having you on the show. Thanks for sharing your love of woodwork and building. 
We look forward to seeing some of the things. Listen, I know the tag. By the way, the marketing team. I, you know, you guys are great at marketing because the tagline for ClickUp is so good. Our our creative team is the best, absolutely the best. Okay, so if you guys don't know, ClickUp claims, or this is their tagline, uh, ClickUp is one app to rule them all. Yeah, this is it's uh it's from um. I forget which show. It's a play on words, obviously, but the one app to replace them all, I want you to succeed because I'm telling you right now, I'm tired of using a hundred applications. We already do that here at Mission. We're a small company. I can't imagine we're at a big company. We're already using so many tools. If we, if you can get it this done, I will be forever thankful because I'm not and you're not and everyone else who's listening is not the only person out there. We all know someone. We're probably that person who's like, I get too many notifications from too many applications to really know what's going on. completely agree with you. And that's why I love this space. I love what we are doing because it touches everyone. I think it's it's increasingly getting worse. We've got to solve this problem. (laughs) It it just keeps getting worse. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today on IT Visionaries. Thanks, Albert. 